Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. Hi, and I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We are your hosts. Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. We've got some stuff. All right, Taryn, I think that, she has that a long song list. made me feel like you needed to go first. Um, all right. I'll go first. Okay. My trial, you guys have heard 20 million times, but it's come up again that my dog has decided to eat my cabinets to get into them. <laughs> That's happening with Skye's dog as well. Is it? Our head merchant, yes. Her new puppy is eating better. her kitchen cabinet. Mm, except hers is a puppy, and mine is like a senior citizen who That's is true. still going to town <laughs> on the bread. He had like oh, a f- he likes to break in and eat the things mm-hmm. inside. Uh-huh. He's had a few wins lately where like things have been hanging out of the cabinet, or like <laughs> he's had a few things. <laughs> he score. Yeah, he's had a few wins, and so then that just motivates him to try harder. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> he even like got under our sink, which is all like chemicals. Luckily, he just broke boxes of things, but. He oh, but you must have chemicals. everything baby proof if you got sponge on the side of your coffee table. So how does the dog get through the baby proofing? I didn't lock the thing. That's all oh, I didn't do because all I have to do is lock it. Well, Elliot's not right now pulling open cabinets. Like he's not. Uh-huh. It's the dog that is when uh-huh. we're not there. So we we haven't been locking him because he had left everything alone because he we're realized they didn't. Now. So now we're back into locking him. This was an annoying thing ever. You go to like open your cabinet and you're like, uh-huh. it's so annoying. Anyway, so that was my con again. And, of course, they're all scratched to hell even more because he's climbing up them. But my – Wait, didn't you get them fixed at some point, your cabinet? David fixed them for you. Yeah, we had parts fixed it. Okay. We did. Now they're – Messed up again? Head back, yeah. So (laughs) my terrible kitchen. Anyway, life, right? And then (laughs) my triumph – has been fun. I don't know if y'all have been following me on Instagram, but there are two coworkers who came to me and were like, <laughs> Karen's angry. I'm mad. <laughs> um, me and some of my coworkers downstairs in the building were like talking about how much animal print items they own clothing wise. So we were joking and decided to have an animal print challenge. So you have to wear one item of animal print every day. And the first one to like run out has to buy the other's fries. It's a very small. Where are the fries from? Hankook, which is very okay, important. Are good fries. They yeah. are good fries. So, and it was while I was out of town. I can't tell you how irritated I am because I would win this contest. You, no you, wonder. Then you, that's why they didn't ask you to be in it. <laughs> yes, Karen, <laughs> I knew you'd you win. You pretty much were a piece of animal print every day. Not today. Oh yeah, I you am. are. I See, shoes. <laughs> I'm like not today. You don't even know it. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's been fun because you can't repeat. Right. Yeah. Um, so we've made it 10 days strong. We're all, except for one of us, feeling like it's not going to be too much longer before it gets real hairy. We're headed into <laughs> like the darker part of your closet where you're like, why do I still own this item? Ah, oh, that's fun. Because yeah. it can be jewelry and anything. It, it can be jewelry. Anything can be, on your mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about counts? Like tortoise shell? I see your earrings. Tortoise, tortoise shell count. does not count, we decided. Okay. okay. Um, but I like that it came up. <laughs> we do, oh. I need clarification. Oh, we <laughs> talked about, because I have like a, I have a shirt that's a solid color with little white elephants all over it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that animal print? Mm. And they were like, no. no. It's, so it's a it's print a with snake, an animal. Cheetah, 
zebra, oh, that snake kind counts. of. Oh, yeah, I totally would. I know you would. This what about a... lizard? Yeah, do you have a lizard? I have like I a have bat, python, a handbag, some or something. Yeah, I have some python shoes. Actually, I have several pairs. We'll see. You guys could. You guys can go farther than you think. But we are about, like I said, to get hairy. So do you want I to borrow some stuff. That's cheating too. <laughs> that you're is, not allowed to purchase uh, new. You're not allowed to borrow, and you're not allowed to repeat. So okay. we're going strong. But wait How till next week. How many days do you have? In I your have, repertoire. If I go real shady, like. I mean, I have a pair of shorts that I'm thinking about wearing leggings under. So that I can like <laughs> It's ma- so gross and it's awful. It's so gross, but we can't wear shorts to work. That's true. I thought about going to HR and asking for like just a <laughs> free ticket just for one day so I can win this. Do it on a Friday. How, okay, true. how about this? Could you wear them like under something? And then flash up your skirt. <laughs> yeah. Like, aha, I have one. Is that better? I'd well, rather. you don't have to show everyone, just your two people yeah. you're fighting. I think it has to be exposed, personally. <laughs> I think, I think so that's too. cheating. So underwear doesn't count? No. no we decided no. That was not either. Because somebody was like, I have a bathing suit top. And we were like, nope. nope. <laughs> they were trying to figure out how to like wear it in their hair or something. <laughs> it was it was getting pretty funny, guys. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. So that and me and another coworker who's doing it both have formal dresses that oh, are like full-on cheetah dresses. I, I love have, it. It's too much for work, but it might be happening one day. Just put a blazer over it. Yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So that's been my fun triumph. It's it's been fun to like, I will say it's like things you do around your house where you mix it up. Mm -hmm. Like I have never worn the shoes I'm wearing. My mother got them for me and I have not been able to get rid of them. Snake skin skin ballet flat. Yeah. But they have like a little bow on them. So they're not like really my style anyway. And so I was like, well, here we go today. Snake skin (laughs) What about winter wear? Oh, we've been doing that too. So what if you have like a coat? It's 80 degrees and you're sweating it. So we, one of us wore a sweater. Do you have to wear it all day or can you just wear it in and then take it off? No, you have to wear it all day. Okay. So, but you wouldn't wear like a coat. Well, then you can't wear it. I would. I talked about, we have a file box downstairs. It's upholstered in Cheetah that's under my desk. And I asked if I if I rolled around inside of it all day to every <laughs> meeting, would that count? And they said yes. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to actually stay inside this file box all day. <laughs> what if, I want the next challenge to be camo. Because I no, could win that one, too. you just created that because it's... Yeah, all the stuff I could win. I have a good camo amount, too, though. So I could yeah. take you. I could take you Let's a good bet. Let's do that, all right, all right. Camo's next. All right. <laughs> I don't own a single piece of camo. Not oh, one. You don't? No. What? Uh, I have a lot. I have, like I have two pairs of camo green shoes, stuff, but nothing that's actually camo. I bet I have four pairs of camo pants, two I have pairs five. of shoes, one pair of shoes. I have a tote. I have a tote. I, I must have a. Oh, I have a jacket. I don't even have any bags. Nothing. Man. Not a single item. I go. I go for a good solid week and a half, probably on mm-hmm. camo too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. So what I got day two dresses. Ooh. Oh, I have a dress too. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? <laughs> it's kind of fun because you wear things that you wouldn't have too. Like honestly, like I've been like trying to like pull things. So wait, so. does a bag count? If you wear it around all day, maybe. Someone did say a bag, but I still don't know how I would wear it all day. Okay. All right. Well, good stuff. Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. I'll let you know how many days oh, in the end. Oh, and tell everyone your Instagram so they can follow you. They don't want to. It's mostly my kid, but. It is mostly her kid. Oh, oh. It's like Taryn Schwartz yeah, or something. I think, no, it's just like Taryn Schwartz. Okay. It's pretty norm. Well, if you refer okay. to it, if you refer to your That's Instagram. That's true. That's like true. Should... I'm sorry. That's just Taren where Taren the images Schwartz is It's okay. I do the same thing. <laughs> I refer to my Instagram, which, okay, actually. Here's a segue. If you saw my Instagram, (laughs) 
Um, okay, so I am really cheesy, and I think that bird nests are luck, a good luck charm. I don't know if any of y'all share this. I've never thought. heard that before. What? Is it? Is this a well-known fact or no, something? No, you no, made this up? is not a fact. This is this just is your own in mental... my own personal world. I okay. feel as though when I see a, a bird's nest, like one on the ground or in a tree. Well, more so like if one is in my life. Like if she's, um, walk, if she's walking around Michael's craft store no, and she sees that count. like if someone's I mean, like, building a nest outside your window yeah. and yes. you're watching it. Okay. Yes, we'll have them every so often. And I just think there's I don't know they're symbolic. magical. Yeah, they're magical. Mm-hmm. Anyways. We've actually already had two this year. We had one, like, one sort of in our rose bush and then another, like, kind of um, on the top of a pillar on our porch. But um, when we went to – we went out of town and we came back and there was a bird. I was, like, looking on the ground. I was like, why on earth is there, like, hay all over our porch? Uh-huh. Where did this come from? We have no Aww. hay anywhere on our property. What's happening? And they, a robin built a bird's nest on top of our Moravian star pendant on our porch. Uh, cute. We didn't know it was a robin. Well, so Will got up there and to take a picture of the eggs, and they were like bright turquoise. Oh, pretty. They're so pretty. Anyway, and they, really they hatched cute. last night. They Aww. did? So we have little robin babies on our porch. I love Anyways, it. I just, I think they're a good luck charm, and it makes me feel like our transition Right now is a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is my triumph. It's a great triumph. That is a good one. My triumph. if you feel that way. Mm -hmm. I'm a deja vu. If you hate birds, then that's not good. Oh, no. Mine's if I have deja vu. I'm like, we were meant to do this. We've Uh done this before. Oh. That's my weird one. That I'm like, like if I have deja vu, I'm like, oh, we're on the right path. We've done this before. Oh. I like that. Anyway, I don't know. It's like your subconscious telling you that it's okay. It means nothing. Yeah. But it does me. Anyway. Well, we could probably get into the psychology of deja vu, but I feel like it must mean something, right? Let's Google it later. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> my, my trial is that, okay, so we bought a new house and we, of course, had, you know, a, a decorating and renovation budget. Well, our inspection came back Uh-oh. and that budget is getting significantly lowered. We have mm. all sorts of really, like, lame things we have to do in the new house. And so I'm a little ticked off because my decorating funds are dwindling. Mm-hmm. But we you can't make the owners do it? I mean, we, right. yeah, you know. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. like, we have to have a big tree taken out. And the yeah. tree is actually really, this is a ginormous, ginormous tree. But it's literally five feet from our house. So it's, like, messing with the foundation. Mm. Anyway, all sorts of really bummery stuff it's like you don't want to i would rather not spend my money on yeah, that it's not gonna look stuff. exactly the same mm-hmm. after this absurd pre- bill well you can whittle and some furniture from that tree i see no issues right. that's true exactly. well was like tables. i am gonna have it um cut down into firewood because we will have a wood burning fireplace so we can like have some firewood there you go Yay. Silver yeah. lining right there. Last half fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Karen, you're me. Turn. All right. So you may or may not know that I just recently turned 50. Yay. Boo. Happy but anyway. <laughs> Thanks. Yay. Yeah. Karen, you are like the coolest hippie, hippest, not hippiest, hippest. <laughs> you are very. <laughs> well, thanks. You are. You are. Oh, shut it. Anyway. My birthday was a little rocky, but it ended with a triumph. Why was it rocky? Well, it started out because it started uh, with us. If you started remember. with I know. I was like, wait a minute. Jamuni not remembering to wish me happy birthday. 
Yeah, that was on Joe. <laughs> yeah. So that really set the day off poorly. And then, But then you guys, we had a podcast like moments later and you had bakery treats and candles and cards. It was very sweet. Flowers. Loved it. Okay. So, but my gift from my family was a major triumph. Ooh. Yeah. So they came through they on the back They totally end. came okay. through. Finally, Yay. at 1030 at night, they pulled this gift out. <laughs> After I'd like had a you were like you had like an hour and a half before you were like I am going to explode. What are y'all waiting for? Anyway, so um, they got me this piece of art that I had seen at this artist studio here in town. I had gone over there to select another piece of art um, that I'd purchased, you know, probably six or nine months ago. And at the time, I saw something else in her studio. I was like, oh, I love this piece. And she's like, I don't, I don't want to sell that. That's that's really, I'm very emotionally connected to that. And I don't want to sell that piece. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, if you ever change your mind, you know, let me know. And Jacob was with me when we were walking through the studio. And I didn't think a thing about it ever again. And When was that that you picked it up? That was like six or nine months ago. Oh, oh wow. I thought, okay, yes. Got it now. And they had it. They had oh talked gosh. to her and she was like, oh I want to have it. And so I got it. That's amazing. I was shocked. I like cried. It was Where really are you going to put it? That's really I've sweet. I already hung it up. So it is. We'll have to have a picture, obviously. Okay, yes. I'll give you a picture. It's small. It's like, you know, the size of a sheet of paper, like eight and a half by 11, but it's fabric and it's all embroidery. So it's this face, an embroidered face. And I'll also give you a link to her Instagram. Her Instagram is like Kayla Rose, K-A-Y-L-A-R-O-S-E. Um, and... So it is what she learned all of her embroidery stitches on. So she does some things with fabric and stuff. She does photography and sculpt screening and painting, and but she does some embroidery stuff. And so the face is all these different stitches that she learned, but then she made it's a face. I don't know. It's To me, it's the coolest thing. Um, and then I happen to have these giant – I'm sure you guys have seen them out and about. Like they look like spikes. They're little nails, but they look like spikes. They're, you know, big, yeah. black. And this – piece of art came with like little grommet holes in the corner so I just hung it up um oh, with these yeah, two yeah. big grommety I mean two big spiky nails so in the basement which I've decided I need to do like a, maybe a little Instagram video of yes, a basement tour since I'm so bad with photo- photography because I've had quite a few people reach out to me on Instagram like can I please see the basement um <laughs> but right when you open the door to the basement it's right in front of you like right at eye level and it's on like a white fabric How and the fun. walls are dark gray so it's really Cool. I was super excited. That's about really that. cool. That sounds really neat. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was good. That was a highlight. End of the day on a high note. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my trial is also sort of semi-basement related. Is my backyard, which we are in the middle of redoing because of we, you know, with the basement redo, we added a door to the backyard where there's a pool. You did. You can really access it before from the basement. Which means there needs to be a patio and blah, 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 all this stuff. Like the whole thing is getting redone, you know. (laughs) If you give a mouse a cookie. Yes. Yes, I know. It's ridiculous. This is a snowball. So anyway, but the problem is my youngest son, Jacob, graduates from high school on the 23rd of May. And he's having a graduation party on the 26th in the backyard. And this stuff better be done. And right now, it isn't. It's like oh. a construction zone. Oh, no. And I'm pretty stressed. Joe keeps telling me it's going to be finished, but they're ha- really struggling finding the right stone to put down. And, oh, uh, 
Yeah, I'm trying not to think about it. And I've also decided, you know what? If it's not done, we'll just do the party inside. Inside? And how many people is deck. Yeah, you how many have people it is on it? The deck. It's like 40, 50 maybe. I mean, it's more. It's It'd be tight in my house, but it'd be okay. Well, you have to think of it as this is your oh, rain plan think, anyway. I forgot I had the basement too. I have the basement. That's true. So, um, yes. So I'm trying to just not get so tied to the idea of doing it in the backyard. But that is my trial at the moment is the backyard project. So we're what? on a time tick- ticking bomb yes. right now. But that's how it goes. You know, you like have a party and then your project somehow gets done. <laughs> it's true, though. It's going to be more yeah. than likely it will be done by then because Hopefully. of this, though. I have been power washing everything, you guys. Oh, oh that's good. Here's a tip and a trick. Um, so usually every s- spring I get out all my outdoor pillows and cushions and I like scrub them with, you know, whatever Sunbrella says on their website. Well, usually I ignore that and just do what I want, <laughs> you know, with like bleach or Dawn or bleach and Dawn or whatever. Um but this year, <laughs> this year I decided I was just going to first just try to power wash everything. Well, magic. Worked magically? Magic. Awesome. Like I didn't have to scrub anything except I had a few like spots that were a problem. But I just power – like all my throw pillows, all my cushions. I just power washed those puppies and they came clean. Those pillows well, didn't go this. flying when you – Yeah, like, but I had, I had to hold them down with my foot. Okay. Like I put my foot on a – I had a rubber boots. You know? Okay. Um, I was going to say, if you power holy... washed your little toe, oh no, my God, that would hurt I so I wear bad. rubber boots. <laughs> like hundred boots, you know? Um, yeah. And hold around one corner. Could you put it know. up against like a surface? And Well, the cushions I did, I would prop them up on a chair. Okay. So I could do like two sides in a front and then I flip it around and do the other two sides in the back. Got it. Um, okay. That's so, fine. Yeah. It worked great because I have white cushions and then I have that all was like good job. I mean, I was happy, you guys. So did you rent a power washer or did you own one? We own one. You own one. Mm-hmm. I highly love power washing, you guys. Can it's I borrow yours? so fulfilling. Sure. Do you power wash your house? Um, I do a little bit. You have to be careful because you knock the paint off too. But yeah, like, and you can get like the cobwebs down and stuff like that and our deck and all my patio furniture. Okay. Um, like all my garden seeds. I'm like everything. Grill. I do the grill. I okay. loved power wash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a job for you guys. Yeah, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Anytime you need a power wash, you can come over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's get to our guest. Yay. We're in Charlotte again this week. And we had an amazing event last night at our store in South Park, and our guest today was on the panel, and her name is Tracy Zeller. She's an interior designer here in Charlotte, and I feel like you have probably one of the most unique backgrounds of any designer we've had on the show because you're a lawyer. I am. (laughs) Not anymore, really. I'm on inactive status, but, but yes. And you were on the 11th Court of Appeals. You were a consultant. And I think it's, okay, and your story kind of goes, and you correct me if I'm wrong or chime in, but you were decorating your own house. You'd build a house with your you and your husband, your family, and you were working on the design, and you fell in love with designing and realized that you your skill set was really sort of, you know, you brought that creative and that business analytical yes. brain together to make a really beautiful home to make for your family yeah and, right. and well thank you so much for having <laughs> me caroline i really appreciate it and i did come to design with an unusual path and i think it's actually a little less um uncommon than you might think but 
but people um, end up maybe in different creative paths. But my theory really is that, you know, all of us have this creative side. And I could certainly tell you a million stories about being a child and, you know, realizing I'm probably more attuned to aesthetics than than maybe the average, but uh, especially for women, maybe when I was growing up and you're a girl who's really good in school, I don't think your creative um, side necessarily gets nurtured, at least in terms of a career path, right? So um, when you happen to be a a young girl who gets wonderful grades and doesn't want to be a doctor, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you should go to law school. (laughs) Um, And my father was a lawyer. My sister's a lawyer. It's definitely something I was exposed to. And I'm really glad that I had that education and I'm grateful for it. And as you mentioned, I worked for a judge on the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, after that, I worked as a management consultant for McKinsey and Company, so completely, completely out of law, doing consulting for Fortune 500 companies. But what I think all of these professions have in common really is problem solving. We're mm-hmm. just solving different problems. So the fact that I was able to combine my business and my strategic consulting background with my creative side to solve a different kind of problem is really the dream. Okay, I have a question. (laughs) (laughs) What did you wear? What did I wear when? Yeah, when? Lawyer. Because, you know, I I find that creative, I'm looking at what you're wearing now and I'm going to describe it. Cute little camo jacket that has some sort of black grow grain thing going on. Hot yep. pink sweater with a fun little saying, some crop jeans with a big old cuff, and some lace slides. Okay? Black lace slides. This yes. is all adorable. Okay. How does this translate to lawyer girl? Did you have to wear, like, normal suits? Um, <laughs> I, Yes. Well, at least when I was in private practice, I did um, because you have to fit into the corporate yes. culture, and right? and people have to trust you that you're smart. I think, I think it's the same as as all of us should do every day, is to dress for our audience. So now I get to dress for a different audience, which in all candor is a whole lot more fun. Right. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what my one little hang-up is that there are so many cute blazers, and I love them um, on other people, and I think they look great and hip and fun, but I cannot wear them Uh because when I put it on it feels like I'm slipping back into my old life (laughs) and I just can't do it I mean I love them and I think they're amazing and cute and sophisticated and hip on somebody else (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. but for me I can't do it you have PTSD or something I do yes (laughs) fashion PTSD (laughs) she only wears them on site when she really needs to get down to business on the law with the contractor or the fabric fabric install or something. You definitely don't want former lawyer Tracy to come out. But, um, <laughs> you know, it does help when you know how to draw the line in a way that you might not have without that background. Or yeah. make yeah. a case for your design. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if I've got to go to bat for it, you better have a really good reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, we often hear these stories about people really on the podcast. Um you know, kind of midlife changing their career and deciding this, this isn't giving me the joy I want. This is, you know, that was the path that was sort of thought I should do as a kid or my parents were encouraging me to do it or whatever. And then do this shift over to a passion where you really bloom and 
find joy every day. And I love hearing those stories. It is a really cool thing. I had this conversation with a client actually not long ago who also has a law degree. The husband does. The wife was also a consultant. He runs a company targeted towards lawyers, but providing sort of education for people in law school. And she now owns her own perfume studio. So they both have pursued different paths. But when he and I were talking, he said what nobody ever told him was that just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it or that you're going to like it. Um, And I did, I thought that was really insightful and I had never really put it together in quite that same way before, but I was really good at being a lawyer and consulting and I did like it in the academic sense, but in terms of the day to day, again, I didn't get that creative side. So my interior design career really came as the Um, cart pulling the horse. I never made a decision to become an interior designer. It just kind of happened. And before I knew it, I had a business and I had to decide if I was going to fish or cut bait. And I realized, you know what, this this really wraps up everything that um, I love to do from my previous backgrounds and my creative side that I didn't get to express. So I think we should fish. Okay, let me ask you this. (laughs) Mine was, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that if you if if anyone goes to Tracy's website, you will see the most gorgeous drawings yes. of your spaces. So it can't possibly be that you didn't have any. I mean, they're really beautiful, very detailed. And then when you see, you have them sort of in a slideshow to where like. Well, did you do them? Well, I have a team. Maybe it's not so, her. So okay, yeah. uh-huh. I cannot take credit for all <laughs> of those intricate drawings, but I mean, I certainly do. Like I drew as a child and. Um, I mean, I remember helping my sister decorate her room and all of those things. But um, yes, I'm very fortunate to have surrounded myself with an amazing team. And there are some things that are really specialized skills and being an amazing rendering artist is one of them. Well, they're gorgeous. Whoever did them. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, when you go from the photo to the drawing, it's like, I almost can't believe that the drawing was done first. So, um, well, her name is Joan. She's fantastic, Joan Looney. And um, what I love so much about renderings and why I refuse to do a design without them is it really gives the clients a comfort level about what they're going to invest in. Because if you see the rendering, you know what the room's going to look like. And of course, when I present, I have the fabrics and finish samples so they can touch and feel. And there is, of course, something different about being in the actual space. But as you said, when you look at the drawing and then you look at the room it's the same and so they know if there's something they don't like in the rendering they're not going to like it in person and will tweak it or if they love the rendering they're going to love the room and it really um gives my clients a confidence that I don't think you can get any other way with a mood board or mm-hmm. you know just having fabric swatches right. and product photos it's, it's hard to just, envision things yeah. a lot of people can't envision things and so that really takes that out of the equation, right? Mm -hmm. You show them exactly what it's going to look like. And what I feel so fortunate with working with Joan is there is something so soulful about hand-drawn. I mean, you can generate some, you know, computer-generated, hyper-realistic renderings, but Mm -hmm. to me, they don't have the same soul in the drawings. And that is what I think really resonates with people and lets you know how the room is going to feel as a 
in addition to how it's going to look. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. Yeah, those, the computer-generated ones are cold or something. There's no energy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're great. Uh-huh. They are, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's another level of sophisticated. Um, I was just going to speak to how I feel like your style, you know, is very infused with, like, again, your lifestyle of coming from a lawyer. To me, because your style is, I would say, very clean, sophisticated, almost a very tailored look. And I imagine that kind of comes off your, you know, past, too. Absolutely. I think everything, you know, all of our experiences that we've had shape who we are as people and how can it not shape your aesthetic as well, right? Mm -hmm. But I agree, my style uh, tends to be very polished, very put together, and that is certainly something that is inherent in how I think. Mm -hmm. So it, it would be hard for me to design really any other way because because that's how I think and that's the same skill set that serves me well as an interior designer and served me well as a lawyer and served me well as a consultant. So, okay, with that said, and because I do agree with you, you have twin boys, And right? a puppy. Yes, and a puppy. <laughs> so um, how do you keep such yeah. a, how have you kept a beautiful home and with twins and a puppy yeah. and... Well, don't come over right now um, because my house is a hot mess. But I think I am also super practical and maybe sometimes too practical for my own good. But um, you just have to be honest about how you really live and make accommodations for those things. I mean, I love to joke that I had put in my order for one perfectly well-behaved little girl and (laughs) God decided to break me and gave me twin boys and it worked. (laughs) Let me tell you, it worked. And I'm quite sure I would have been an overprotective, you know, slightly crazy mother of a perfectly dressed little girl. And when I got these boys, I was like, ah, so the pacifier fell on the floor. That's cool. Pick it up. You're eating the dog's food. Awesome. It's well balanced. (laughs) um, You know, I think you do, again, like I said, all your life experiences shape who you are and your aesthetic. So I think actually really having twin boys and um, and a dog and now a puppy has been good for me because it has helped me to loosen up, right? You can yeah. be polished without being um, perfect in a, you know, obnoxious way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Can you give some good home examples? Yeah. How does that practically play out in your house? Uh, well, I most certainly, and the first thing I did, probably the best thing I did with my kids is they never wear their shoes in the house. Now, I wear my shoes in the house um, because I like to. I certainly know lots of people who don't use shoes in the house. I just like to wear them around the house. But when they would come home from preschool, their shoes were full of sand or glitter or, you know, <laughs> something equally as obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And now they just don't even think about it. They never wear their shoes in their house and they and they drop them right away. Um, We also have a drop zone where they um, drop all of their stuff when they get home to school. Now, 
I will say the backpack might not actually make it on the hook, but it does stay in the vicinity of the drop zone. <laughs> I also was They'll thrilled. take it as a win. <laughs> yes, I mean, right. I'm taking that as a win. Um, and really just setting up different ways to make it easy for them, because if it's not easy for them, they won't do it. Right, I mean, then you're fighting. Yeah, yeah, then you're fighting. And when they were little and they shared a room um, and, uh, and obviously a closet, I had all of their hangers color-coordinated so they knew whose clothes were which because they were in different sizes at the time. And so that way I didn't have to get them dressed, right? They could pick out their own clothes. And then when they decided, uh, when they went to school and started wearing um, uh, well, let me say twin B. I try not to out them on purpose. They don't really know which one's A or B, but twin B tends to go to school in matching or unmatching navy on navy. So I decided to um, put an end to that, and I just stopped buying navy shirts. So I was like, there you go. If you're always going to pull out the navy pants, I will no longer buy navy shirts. So... There's always, there's always, there's always, mommy can outsmart you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you have, uh, you know, a place, you said a drop zone, but do you do like shoe storage? Because you said their shoes never are on. So is there shoe storage right by the back door? There is, Great. yeah. Okay. We organized our garage and with, you know, cabinetry and baskets mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So they drop their shoes in a basket. I mean, it's just something they don't even think about anymore. That's also good for the next morning when you're getting dressed. And where's my shoe? There's always like one missing somewhere. There is nothing that drives me battier when they're like, I can't find my jacket. And I'm like, well, whose fault is that? (laughs) (laughs) If it was where you said it, you know, where it's supposed to be, this would not be a problem. Mm -hmm. So they don't have, um, they're not in the same room anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. I know. Yes, they're not in the same room anymore. We, um, it's been maybe a year or not. Yeah, it's probably been about a year. And really, it was because their sleep schedule started to vary a little bit. Charlie likes to go straight to bed. Henry gets a little talkative at night. Charlie wakes up earlier. Henry will sleep in a little bit. So, um, mm. I, I thought they I thought they'd miss being together, but they don't. <laughs> They're happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, when it came time to decorate a nursery or you know places for twins, how would you say that kind of changes from a you know a room with one occupant is there any design tricks there well I think you really have to carve out their own space right I mean that's essentially what I did in their closet that I had their clothes color coordinated mm-hmm. and they each had you know their own parts of the dresser because you know as anyone who's been around young kids knows the goal at least is to encourage their independence so anything you can do to enable them to make it you know easier and less reliant on you makes your life easier and also you know just helps them grow and develop so in their playroom for example before they could read I put pictures of what went in their little bucket so they could clean up so if your train's don't tell me you don't know where your trains go. There is a picture of a train on the bucket so you can put it away. So really, it's just about creating systems. Mm -hmm. I had a bin called Weapons when my child was Um, young. Yes. Because there's all kinds. You know, there's the little Nerf gun things Mm -hmm. you shoot, and we had a weapons bin. 
Yeah, we have. I didn't know what else to call it. <laughs> it ours is we we yes, the Nerf guns are very difficult to contain in bins, but I do have a bin still specifically for ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah. foam, essentially foam darts, right? <laughs> yeah, I have two boys too. <laughs> They're old now. First off, I love your website. It is so pretty. It's a really pretty. It's gorgeous. Okay, and you have this website on, or this um, this quote on your website that I loved, and I wanted to read it, and then I want you you to talk to me about it. Absolutely. It says, "I balance modernity with tradition for interiors that transcend time and trends," and I just loved. I guess the concept of that. I think it articulates it in a way that maybe we haven't before. But why do you feel like? contemporary pieces and accents paired with tradition make it timeless? It's timeless because it's not limited to one era, right? So if um, now there are certainly wonderful and amazing and gorgeous examples that vary from that, right? Like so Versailles or you know, falling water or something like that. Um, But when we're talking about a day-to-day house that you live in, I think the mix of different eras, whether it's an 18th century um, chest with a Burlwood 70s console, which I'm thinking about my own living room at this point in time, um, it's really... Uh, you can't necessarily place like when or where everything has been purchased. And that is really what makes it timeless and no longer trendy. Mm-hmm. It also has a lot to do with what we talked about last night. I don't think, I mean, the best rooms, at least again for everyday living, aren't out of a particular era but they all, the pieces speak to each other. So as Taryn was saying earlier, my style is characterized by a lot of, you know, clean lines. There's a certain crispness and polish to it. And my Burlwood console is, you know, Parson style, so very crisp. And my 18th century chest has this, you know, diamond detailing in it, right? So these lines have this relationship that's created even though they are wildly different pieces. I mean, I feel like that's something that people struggle with, but that is so important and mm-hmm. and really is probably simpler than I think sometimes people overthink it, right? Like, well, you were saying last night, you kept saying it has to be able to sit together mm-hmm. and that's yeah. it. It doesn't need to match. Maybe talk about that a little, like, don't be so worried about the matching. Right. I mean, listen, we're all familiar. We're just talking about like with, uh, with my kids trying to make it granimals that they can just put it together <laughs> on their own. But it's not the same in design in the sense that there isn't, you know, pick this and pick that and then put it together. You're just looking for a certain relationship between the pieces. And that's why I call it sitting well together because they don't need to match. And in many cases, they shouldn't. But there should be some type of relationship that they speak to each other, that you can see them together at a party having a conversation and um, to me, that is what in a house that is not matchy creates this sense of cohesion. And I think it's almost subconscious. 
Uh, so I'll often point out these details to my clients when I'm doing their presentations. So the light fixture I picked, for example, in this project I'm working on right now, has the glass has a very similar shape to the base of the faucet. And I don't think that that's anything that somebody walking in would be like, oh my goodness, she mimicked the, you know, base of the faucet in the glass. No, they're not going to think about it consciously, but there is, you know, we're such visual people. We register these things at a level that we don't even, you know, realize. So I think that's what makes a house feel cohesive when things are speaking together in this interesting sort of way. Yeah, it is. It is a weird puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because even at work when we're, you know, every time we do a season, we are building all the rooms from scratch. And, you know, we start with this wall of a thousand products and then you are trying to put them together. And often, you know, you're like, oh, too many spindles. Like we got too many spindles in that room. We need to break this up. You know, it can't be all of one thing or it just becomes like a Disney room. Absolutely. And I, I, I find this in my construction projects a lot because it's difficult for clients, um, again, to envision the whole picture because it's a lot bigger, say, than a room that I'm doing a rendering. And of course, we'll do renderings for construction, but we're talking about a relationship between a faucet on this level or a you know fixture on this level. So I'll point these things out. But what people, I think, can get bogged down in construction is... You have tons of options at the beginning, but the more decisions you make, the fewer options you really have because you've already set the groundwork. And now, I mean, in theory, you have a million options, but there are only a handful that are going to look good. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry if you like X, Y, or Z, but because you already did this other stuff, A, B, and C are your only choices. Mm -hmm. If you want it to look good. Right. (laughs) Right, right, right. Which is why you hired me. Yeah. yeah. And that usually clears things up pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 It does narrow it down. Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite um, on your website for me personally was you had this navy gingham floor and then you'd done the trim in li- like this lilac and then you had a bunch of like, I think, ginger jars and this beautiful mirror. Anyway, it was like my favorite picture. Cause I something didn't about see the that one. I got to find it right now. Am I r- I'm right, right? Yeah, you're absolutely okay. right. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds adorable. Um, it was really pretty. It was like, again, very traditional, but then like that lilac made it feel very like just really sweet. So. Was it a painted floor? Um, it actually was Mirth Studio floor tiles. So mm-hmm. it's hardwood floor tiles that were painted. So that project was super fun because it was a show house. So you get to express your own vision and your own mm-hmm. creativity, right? And... I obviously love those. Caroline and I were talking about our mutual love of lavender. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that was maybe three or so years ago Um, and not my first lavender project. But um, when I, the best comment I think I've ever gotten on that room is I posted it somewhere and someone wrote, you know, like lavender trim and they were said, Fortune favors the bold. And I was like, yes, it does. (laughs) Right? Because that rain would not have been the same without lavender trim. Um, And obviously the gingham floor just made it all fun. And it's a super traditional pattern Mm -hmm. and very Southern, but it also has a certain spirit to it, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. just because, I, I mean, I think... I think we are circling back around to more traditional design, but traditional is not boring, right? It, I mean, 
any design can be boring if it's not done well. Right. But (laughs) design should be fun and have spirit and personality no matter what style or genre or era. Yeah. How do you describe Southern style? I think Southern style definitely has a little bit of femininity to it. There is some softness, and that tends to be a style that I really love and respond to. Now, I don't think it has to be overly girly in a way that, you know, men should be scared of. (laughs) Um, I've talked more men into floral drapes than you can imagine, which I do have a – I have – what I always tell them is when you pleat it down, you see much less of the pattern than you think. So you really get more of a sense of the movement and the, you know, color than you really think, oh, my gosh, it's this screaming floral. Um, but Southern style has a certain softness and femininity. It definitely has a color sensibility to it. I don't think it has to be bold color, but it is usually not in my mind, just neutral, unless there's, you know, some really amazing architectural features that you're highlighting Mm -hmm. in that way. And I think it has, um, I think it has spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sass. It has a little bit of sass. Exactly. (laughs) Kind of like the Southern saying, bless your heart, right? right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Southern women have a little bit of sass and I think our designs do too. Yeah. Yeah. For you guys who are not Southern, bless your heart is not a nice statement. (laughs) It's patronizing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bless her heart. It sounds nice, but mm. yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's doing something wrong. (laughs) Um, Speaking of show houses and feminine details, there was one that you did in Dallas that I loved because, and it, I mean, well, two details particularly that I, were made me so happy. Um, <laughs> were they lilac? No. No. <laughs> no. This room no. actually had a, almost a more masculine color scheme, actually. It was black and green. And, and sort of a taupe. Yeah, black and, and green and like a warmish gray. Um, well, you describe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Since well, it was your space. Yeah. I, I loved that room. So for me, it really was inspired by... French couture. I had spent that summer a good bit of it in Paris and been to the Christian Dior exhibit. That was um, a phenomenal exhibit. Phenomenal. That white shirt room. So mind-blowing. So so fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) So that was really the genesis of that room combined with uh, the Stephen Wilson artwork that I'd used. And that really is what brought it all together. But In that room, I really enjoyed playing with the slightly more masculine color scheme, the greens and the blacks and the, you know, warm taupey grays, but with these really kind of more feminine details that was a, you know, floral and fabric that was really the centerpiece of the room. I had lace samplers as art on the wall that I had bought at a street market in Paris. Um, yeah, it was a really fun space to design. The, the walls were this textured wall covering, which unfortunately you can't really appreciate in the in the pictures, but um, they were called Champs-Élysées, I think was the name of the pattern, but it had a boucle texture to the wall, so it was really almost like a Chanel suit. And I really respond to that type of artisan detail and craftsmanship. The light fixture was this amazing uh, glass floral just, uh, just beautiful, and um, you'll be humored to know that that room is now occupied by a teenage boy. 
Uh-huh. It has, mean. of course, been redecorated. Yeah, um, I imagine. And I'm sure that the, you know, pushpins on the basketball player poster in my <laughs> wallpaper are probably gorgeous. Oh. <laughs> he's not thinking Chanel suit. No, no, oh. so, I, I don't think that's what he's thinking. Mm-mm. There was also a, a Gucci scarf, I believe. Or wait, did it look? It, yes. That's what it sort of looked like from the photo. Yes. So that was that was the Stephen Wilson artwork. So, oh, okay. okay. Um, there is a company called Of Rare Origin that makes these really amazing, um, this really amazing line of jewelry, including these birdcage earrings. So between my time in Paris and these birdcage earrings that I was really obsessed with, and then finding that piece of Stephen Wilson art, like that is really what made the whole room come together for me. But Stephen Wilson is a local um, Charlotte artist. I love what he does. And he introduced at that time a relatively new series that he called the Luxury Series. And what it revolved around is the idea that these luxury brands put such thought and care and, let's be honest, money into their packaging, but it never gets seen again. So especially some brands like Gucci with some of their pieces will have different boxes instead of like their plain white and black boxes they have this hydrangea box so that is it was a box that he had flattened he had laser cut a um, lace border around it and then he'd used the back of it to cut the burrs on the box out and put them in relief with other pieces of embroidery. Wow. Um, so it is really taking what is in a way, I mean, it's not trash, but, but like waste. Right, disposable, mm-hmm. exactly. And creating something incredibly gorgeous out of it and elevating it with all of this amazing craftsmanship. This box was too big to embroider through, but a lot of the boxes he uses, he can he can embroider. But he said he was super nervous when he was laser cutting the edges because this this was, it was the only box like it he had, may ever have. It was probably a boot box or a large handbag box. Um, so, you know, wow. to have that's so that cool. Been tragic. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh it, did, it got purchased by somebody in Dallas. Um, good, but I was, uh, yeah, exactly. And it has a very happy home, but I wouldn't have minded if it found a happy home at <laughs> my house. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about that particular room you were designing. It had you know, these very specific influences for you, and you kind of started there. I, I find myself, I kind of like hit a roadblock when I'm starting from scratch in a room. Do you usually have a piece of inspiration like that when you're starting a room for a client? Are they giving you a piece of inspiration? How do you really get going on the design? Well, show houses are definitely a different ballgame right. because there is no client. Free rain, so, right? right, free reign. So that is really what gave me the freedom to explore those things that I was particularly responding to at the moment. With clients, of course, it is a little different. I always start with the architecture of the home. I feel really strongly that the interior design should relate to the architecture and then how they live. So again, addressing the function if they, you know, also have twins or triplets. <laughs> I did have a client. One of the houses on my website um, is triplet boys and a little girl. Wow. Um, bet you can't guess which house that is. Um, <laughs> well, I was looking through your website, and it's not obvious. So I bet yeah. if I went now to look, right. maybe yeah. I could tell. But. Well, there aren't any bedrooms in that one, so you might not be able to figure <laughs> it out. But um, 
But it definitely, it starts with the architecture, it starts with how they live, and then it just starts with what the client loves and responds to. And then obviously I'll extrapolate from there. So there might be something, you know, I see or have seen that inspires me to push that room a little further than they might have initially considered um, because obviously that's why they're hiring me to bring something extra to the table. But it definitely starts it starts with them and how they live and where they live and what they love. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help me. No, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's talk more, Karen. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> well, I mean, for family-friendly homes, they are really stunning. Thank you. You know, I mean, they they don't look dumbed down. They look so elegant and sophisticated. But yet, like you're saying, you're making them practical, practical living family homes. And honestly, I think most people want to live that way. Kids are not. I mean, I work for people who have grandkids, right? So it's not something they deal with on an everyday basis, but they don't want to be the grandparents that are scolding their grandchildren when they come home. Or we have pets or just an active lifestyle. And when we come home from, you know, tennis or being outside at the pool, you just don't want to feel like things are overly precious. Mm -hmm. Because when you do, the things become more important than the people or the experiences. And that's not how it should be, right? What kind of rugs do you think are most practical for families? Well, wool, of course, is fantastic because it... um, is so durable and cleans so well. Mm-hmm. I also, for things where, that wear like iron, polypropylene is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also had so much better luck with natural fiber rugs than most people would think. I mean, first of all, they're not expensive. So you're not going to, you know, you go into it knowing that it's not an heirloom and you're not going to be, you know, just sick if you have to throw it away in, you know, a number of years. Um But I really do think because they're natural fibers and I use this product called um, the Host Dry Cleaning Kit that absorbs things that you can. Never um, heard of it. What is that? Yeah, 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 you need it. It's really fantastic. You can buy it on Amazon. It's called Host Dry Carpet Cleaning Kit, maybe. It's essentially like sawdust that will help you. Now, I always suggest having your um, natural fiber rugs treated with some type of protectorant. But that natural, the host dry carpet cleaning will just absorb. So it sucks the moisture out. That's it sucks that's the moisture tough out. on like a seagrass or something because yeah. it does. It'll sit there wet for forever. We had a tragedy at my design studio, which at one point was covered in sisal and um, will not bore you with the horrible details. But um, suffice it to say, uh, we had major water problems. And um, the first time, and I'm talking major water, and the first time I rescued like the wall-to-wall sisal with ungodly amounts of host carpet cleaning, like you really could not see where so there even had been sisal, any. it'll really, because sisal mm-hmm. stains with water. Yeah. And it worked. It, it worked. Now, the second time we had a problem, it did not work because <laughs> it had been sitting there for too long. But the mm-hmm. first time, yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good trip. I made a note, and I'm going to put a link put a link in our yeah. show notes. It's, wow. it's good. What okay. other tricks do you have? Yes. Come on. This is good. Oh, it's I don't good know. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's dish on all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hmm. What else 
can get on Amazon. <laughs> oh, Amazon is a wonderful thing, right? Oh, it is. I'm addicted, but I hate them. I hate them and love them at the same uh, yes, time, right? Exactly. They're like taking over the world, but I can't stop purchasing But you things. can't stop. Okay, well, since since we are talking about the new puppy and cleaning things, Ooh, um, yes. the very, okay, I'll tell you my two favorite cleaning tricks for kids and dogs. There is, I know everyone raves about some of the really popular and um, popular brands, but the one I really like is called Unique Pet Stain Remover, maybe. It's definitely a unique brand. That stuff works like nobody's business. It is way better than the stuff you can get, um, you know, at, at your average, like, mm-hmm. big box pet store. And then there's also this other product called Amadex, which is um, – I'll tell you when I knew Amadex was like the best thing since sliced bread is when (laughs) I had put, and not crazy expensive because they were going in my kids' playrooms, but I had put these little white lacquer desks in there. And Twin B decided to um, color and he used a Sharpie marker. Now, in in fairness, like he did not color on the desk. He colored on the piece of paper. But what he didn't realize is that with the Sharpie, it Mm -hmm. bled through Mm -hmm. onto the white lacquer. I kid you not, I followed all of the instructions and that Amadex, which is also non-toxic, which is really hard to believe, but sucked out like 99% of the Sharpie out of the white lacquer. Wow. And you could maybe see a shadow, but nobody would really notice. So is that, that is A-M-E-D-E-X? A-M-O-D-E-X. Okay. Okay. So and I am not paid to promote these products. <laughs> <laughs> is something you Googled or did you have that already? Um, I did not have that out already. I think I so did. So the Sharpie sat in the desk for a while before you amadexed it. Yes, but if you try to treat it with something else before Amadex, you know, that's a little rough. You got to mm-hmm. now, now I keep the Amadex on hand in case of like, you know, ballpoint pen on their shirts or something. What about like, like that. writing on the wall or something? Would that work? Is it for ink? Um, or it's anything? for all sorts of things. I don't know if it would work right in on the wall. Honestly, I think you'd probably maybe discolor your paint. Mm-hmm. My theory on that, I mean, now my kids are older, so I don't really have these problems like I used to, but. That's why I always recommend, well, I like flat paint anyway, but flat paint when you can just touch it up without um, creating any sort of shadow and you feather it out well, it's amazing. I mean, one of my kids was walking in the the hallway in our master suite and he was carrying a crayon and he just tripped and like, you know, of course, crayoned the wall on his way down. You can't get mad at him. He didn't color on the wall on purpose, but I just rolled over that. A little number, and it's like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what? if you have white walls, do y'all ever use little magic erasers? I love the magic eraser. <sighs> magic eraser it works really well. Of things. Yep. It really well. Yeah, what? maybe if they're it? super white. No, I love magic eraser for a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I find on mini walls it leaves a shadow. Mm. Okay. So I'd rather, if they're flat, I'd rather just paint over and not yeah. get the magic eraser shadow because nine times out of ten I might magic eraser it, but then I still have to – painted anyway. I feel um, like this is a good, a good question point. for you because you have such a logical mind. <laughs> I have been trying to figure out a good way to store leftover paint. I don't like the cans because they're big and ugly. And they get rusty. And like they get chunk, rusty. Like, like do you flaky? have a good solution for leftover touch up paint storage? I have mine actually in mason jars mm-hmm. um, in my laundry room, so it's handy. I mean, I don't think any paint storage solution is super convenient, right? Right. Um, 
But at least that way I don't have to dig around to get it out of, you know, the attic or the garage bins or under the house or wherever, you know, yeah. wherever we all tend to stick that stuff. But I will say that with that um, with that unfortunate crayon incident, <laughs> I opened up an old can of paint. That was before I decanted into mason jars. I opened up an old can of paint. It was rusty, and I was thinking, this is never going to work. And I stirred the mess out of that, and it was fantastic just fine oh my gosh I thought you were gonna go the other way oh no no it was perfect (laughs) my walls a different color it was absolutely perfect I could not believe it now that paint had also been stored inside our house so Mm -hmm. it had not necessarily experienced like crazy temperature changes Uh or anything like that but it was ancient and I thought for sure it was going to be a disaster and it was perfect I didn't even have to paint the whole wall I just went over the little areas and feathered out the edges we, Taryn and I especially need all of your tips because we have little babies and they're not quite at the coloring on the wall age. You'll get but there. But we'll get there and I'm going to need to. You better stock up now. Amazon some of these puppies. That, those yes. are good gifts to give it a baby shower, I think. Seriously, <laughs> I had thought about that. I'm like, everyone else is getting cute clothes. Here's your Amadex. Yeah, you're really going to need magic erasers. Exactly. In a which, bucket, like, like a plastic bucket. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you, which gift will they remember more? Mm-hmm. Like, they'll grow out of that outfit in about 13 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And then fully be in it. But I'm actually not much of a DIYer, but when you know how it is when you're a mom of little kids you just do what you got to do oh yeah Yeah. you gotta survive and they outnumber you (laughs) they do be careful yes exactly that's it i was outnumbered two kids and a dog i was like oh i give (laughs) (laughs) okay this is from Lindsay, and she writes i'm a new listener but a huge fan of your podcast i love my 1960s ranch in brook in Brookhaven, Georgia. Ooh, Atlanta girl, shout yeah. out. Hi. Mm-hmm. But have one room that drives me nuts. This room was originally a teeny dining room, but after living with it for a while, we swapped it with the living room, and it be- and it became what I effectively called my lady's lounge. Cute. Five years later and three kids, we took over my chic room. I'm trying to compromise since our home is on the smaller size, a little over 1,600 square feet, and my darling children do love plastic junk, preferably in teeny pieces. <laughs> this room is at the front of our home, and I cringe knowing that this is one of the first rooms you see. I want to remove the center bookcase, a cult favorite from Ikea, and put a sofa there. Around the sofa, we would like to put in built-ins. I've attached an inspiration photo for a reference. I would like to add doors to the bottom to store toys. The problem is that this room is right off the kitchen, so I am not sure how to do built-ins with the ceiling header, flooring, and kitchen cabinetry next to it. Any ideas on how to work around this issue would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for your help and for your insight and inspiration. I feel like it's difficult to see in some of these photos, um, but when I could blow it up on my computer, um, this wall that has the IKEA bookcase, there is no um, like depth past where the molding to the case door is. You know what I'm saying? Like the so, casement goes right up to the wall. Right. Okay. So I was having a hard time with that too. But then if you look at the picture of the chair, it almost looks like that's the other side of the kitchen cabinet. It is. Yes. Okay. 
So I think what she was trying to say is if she were to do a, a bookcase like the one in the inspiration photo, which it it's like two, um, it's kind of an olive green library type room with bookshelves on the side and across the top with a sofa inset. It has a niche. It has and a the bookcase niche, is yeah. almost like the sofa sits in with But so what she was saying is that if she did build out bookcases from that wall, there would be an awkward transition from where the bookcase ends It'd have to just lay on the kitchen cabinet. It would have to totally lay on the kitchen cabinet. Mm-hmm. But there's a casement. Do you see that? Like, I think there's a, an extra... But isn't this the cabinet there? Right, but I think yeah, there's we'll a doorway. Yeah, no. Well, oh, you mean the door casing at yes, the top? Yes, the top and then on the side to where it would be like... Well, couldn't you cut it? Yeah, just cut I it think off. You'd, I think you'd cut it off and... I mean, it would almost, in a way, be like you were extending your kitchen cabinetry mm-hmm. in there. But I think you could give it its own personality with a different color. Or yeah. I think the real limiting factor is how much depth she has on the other side of that bookcase. I can't tell. It looks like there would be enough because she's got the the curtain hanging. Right. Um, how yeah, much depth do wall. you really need for a bookcase like that? 12 inches? 15 well, I mean, she wants it for toy storage, too, right? So I would think if you could get, I would probably do the bottom with as much depth as I could get on that other wall for right, toy storage. Go as deep could, as you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you could probably recess the, you know, shelving back a little bit if you wanted. Uh-huh. Higher up, yeah. Um, That's a great idea. But I think she can absolutely do that type of built in there. They're just going to have to work around the casing. So you're kind of suggesting have maybe a section out where she can build the bookcase Mm -hmm. kind of through the casing up against the kitchen. on the wall. And, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely think so. I I don't have any problem with that. So the Um, casement would die into the bookshelf. It would. Yeah. 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 Okay. And what I would also like to encourage her, Lindsay, is that – your children will be small now. The plastic junk will not last forever. Mm-hmm. This There's hope. is a phase. There is a light at the end of this tunnel. Mm-hmm. So you will have your ladies' lounge back. So <laughs> um, I think the most important thing when she's designing this built-in is to think about how it's going to function now, but also how it will function later when it does get to be her ladies' lounge again, right? Mm-hmm. So she wants it to be something that's beautiful for her, but that uh-huh. she can still stash those toys away because again this is really just a blink um in the grand scheme of things that the legos are out of control <laughs> i do think this built-in's a great idea yeah, though, I do. for the like, space i think and she's, for what she's wanting to do i think she's right on target with what she wants to do with her inspiration photo and that it can absolutely be done um i think she's super smart to capture some closed storage yeah agreed this will be pretty. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought of doing that, but I think that's really The sofa tucked into the <gasps> built-in yeah. like that Let me ask great. you this. Because, you know, we talk, our my baby is not quite to the level where she's going to be putting her toys away just yet. But if I was going to build a bookshelf, knowing that at some point I'm going to have to store toys, do I want doors? Do I not want doors? What is going to, like, encourage them to put stuff back? I think you personally want doors on the bottom, at least, so that you can hide it, right? Especially since she said this is right off of her kitchen and used mm-hmm. to be her dining room. Mm-hmm. And everyone sees it when they and walk in. And everyone sees mm-hmm. it, right? So she's going to want this to look good for how she wants it, 
you know, to be in the long term. Now, if you're talking about your kid's playroom, for example, I think it's a different it's a different story. You want to make that as easy and accessible and visible, whether it's clear bins or open shelving or something like that as possible. But mm-hmm. um, it's just sort of a different decision process when it's a sort of central central mm-hmm. part of your home. Well, what she, what if she did this? Okay. I feel like I've got an idea. What if when she gets her built-ins made, she has them make doors for the bottom, but she doesn't install them until later? So she's got them, they're painted, they match, whatever, and it's all, like, sized out perfectly, but she's got, like, baskets on the shelves for now, and then in, like, two years, you install your little doors, and then, because as an adult, I don't even want my store just showing that much, you know yeah. what I mean? I want to be able to tuck oh, things yeah, in absolutely. there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, she can absolutely do that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she puts the doors on sooner rather than later. Yeah, four is old I enough. Mean, they're fine. Well, again, it's all sort of what kids get used to, right? Like, I don't have to remind my kids to remove their shoes anymore. And I think there is something to, you know, while you don't want your home to be overly precious, you also, we want to teach our children how to act around beautiful things, mm-hmm. right? So it's a fine line we're walking, and I don't, personally think doors are too much to ask right. of a kid. <laughs> <laughs> they can but, open the cabinet to get yeah. a snack. So I mean, they're right? Gonna, <laughs> you know, I think, they, love opening I think things. they can figure it out. <laughs> good point. All right. Mm-hmm. That's good. This will be cute. We yes. some after photos. Yes, definitely after definitely photos. After photos. Definitely after photos. I think a color would be great. I love how the, um, love her the inspiration images. Um, yeah. This olive it's green beautiful. is really beautiful. It is gorgeous. so yummy. And it's a good balance between like – because of the white sofa and some of the other furnishings in it, it, it has a little bit of a femininity to it, but it's very masculine, too. It's mm-hmm. balanced. It will pretty. help differentiate it from her kitchen so it just doesn't feel like her kitchen continues on forever. Right. Yeah, I like it. Will you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you so much. It is um, my website is just my name, Tracy Zeller, and that's Tracy with an I, T R A C I Z as in zebra, because it never sounds like Z when you're um, when you're hearing it online. But Tracy Zeller, Z E L L E R dot com, and that is also my Instagram handle and my Facebook and my Twitter. So if you can spell my name, you can find me just about anywhere. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review on your podcast app. We would love to read it. Of course, find all the show notes. We'll link to a couple of the show houses, Tracy's website, all that good stuff in the show notes, which are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Um, don't forget to enable your Alexa skill mm-hmm. in your, on Amazon so that you can listen to the How to Decorate show from your Alexa. 24-7. Cool. <laughs> what else? What am I missing? Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Oh. Of course, send your questions Please. to podcast at ballarddesigns.net and someone will answer, a, a incredibly talented interior designer will answer your question on a future episode and you'll get some, some good tips. Mm-hmm. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.